If you're participating and acting curious and saying you're curious, you can all ask the questions and sort of have the party line, but not really absorb it internally. But when you're reflective, curiously, that means that you are actually open to changing your mind and saying, hmm, I wonder how this new information could fit, or is it something different? And you're taking that in and you're actually are willing to to make a shift or or at least consider something new rather than being steadfast in your way and just parroting some lines that the company has told you to say. From Seven CTOs, my name is Etienne De Bruin, and you're in the CTO studio. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the CTO studio. I, of course, am your host, Nikolai Walker, on the mic and in your ear, my favorite place to be with the content you want and the content you need. Welcome to part three of our segment with Joni Connell. This is the finale and the entire topic. All three segments have been about curiosity and this one is no difference. It's simply about we're going to highlight curiosity and the unknown and how everyone can teach you something. Because as I've learned in life, even a fool can teach you something. So Etienne, if you would please take it away. Yes, so it's recognizing that curiosity is in this realm of the unknown, that it cannot be predicated or it cannot be directed. It really leads to the true possibility of what the partnership can produce. So yes, curiosity is unknown. So now how do we coach our teams to deal with that unknown, whether it's something that they, like we said earlier, to not make assumptions about why the question's being asked, i.e. this person is supposed to be our leader and they're asking that question. That doesn't sound right to me. I feel like I can be super judgmental that way. It's like, why are you asking this question? Well, as again, if the leader can set some expectations up front or anyone on the team can, like, I'd like to, well, I mean, you could even say the word curious. I'd like to take a moment to be curious, you know, and that would be like the key word, like, okay, we're in that inquiry mode, right? Or I'd like to just ask some questions for a moment before we move forward. So letting everybody know that this is the question time. And, you know, a second piece is I want people to listen and respond without judgment, without assumption. And that's a lot of the letting go, not having to be right or show your ego. It's just a matter of having that communication in an authentic way. I love it. Like, hey, everybody, time to be curious. And everyone's like, oh, there he goes again. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be like, yes, this is fun. <laughs> and then to reestablish or set the ground rules, you know, no judgment, don't have to be right, no one's wrong. You know, everyone has the right to be curious. So speak up. And then we're cleaning up, like we're going to make sure that from this session, nothing is left over that is unsaid or that needs to be cleaned up. The one scenario I have in my brain, though, is that when someone is triggered, for instance, if I, as CTO, am evaluating a proposal that my VP of engineering gives to me about team growth or team performance management or whatever, I am curious why they keep referring to this author or why didn't they even consider this other thing? Or I can actually feel my curiosity fueled by rage. I'm curious statement now becomes a 
an attack or a veiled indictment. I'm sorry, everyone listening to this. I'm a horrible person. Listen, try as we might, we all sometimes are horrible people. Or should I say, our best just isn't that good. (laughs) Aren't we all (laughs) at some points? Right. That's a self-management issue, right? You know, if you want to be curious when you are enraged and you think that they should have done it differently, that would perhaps take away some of the curiosity because you have a guidance to a specific end in mind. But understanding that and recognizing that in yourself and saying, you know what, perhaps either having a, taking a breath, you know, calm down or having a script already in your head when I'm feeling that way, this is the question I need to ask, but I need to make sure I'm ready to ask it without that tone of voice, you know, like, oh, I'm wondering why, you know, you chose this author as opposed to, hmm, I'm wondering why you chose this author, right? I mean, there are several ways you could say it. But part of that is realizing, you know what? Another thing would be like, thank you. And then I'd love to have some time to reflect on this. Can we set up another meeting to talk some more? And then you can you know, calm down and, and then have that curiosity later. Yeah. And I think I'm realizing as we speak that the I am curious, which is a colloquially accepted way to speak in our circles, doesn't mean that you are, have a curiosity mindset. So just the fact that you're saying, I am curious, doesn't mean that you have the mindset. Yeah. And this is also something that comes up in Peter Senge's work of participative curiosity versus reflective curiosity. So if you're participating and acting curious and saying you're curious, you can all ask the questions and sort of have the party line, but not really absorb it internally. But when you're reflective Curiously, that means that you are actually open to changing your mind and saying, hmm, I wonder how this new information could fit, or is it something different? And you're taking that in and you're actually are willing to to make a shift or, or at least consider something new rather than being steadfast in your way and just parroting some lines that the company has told you to say. Interesting. So participatory curiosity. Obviously, you would want to participate in it in a constructive way, but to really be curious, you need to internally reflect on something and be open to it. Joni, if you would, please, please, please elaborate on that. I was just going to say this takes me back to my master's thesis on dissent in teams. When somebody says something different or something that you're not expecting, I actually studied the devil's advocate. We can all agree on something and and have the answer, but oh, let's just play devil's advocate. And just what happens if we all consider this? If people don't believe that you're taking this seriously, they're not necessarily going to change their minds. But if you actually say, you know, I, I really disagree or I have a different perspective and people are forced to reckon with that internally, then they might make the shift. And so when we're having these conversations with others, it's a matter of actually being open or maybe having somebody ask questions deeply enough where they're taken seriously, but you have to internally be willing to make that change. Otherwise, you're just all going to keep going and the meeting's over and it was fine and nothing changes. So to deliberately put a fine point on it, you did your thesis on dissent. Dissent and how important that is. I mean, this is whole like that diversity in teams, why it's so important to get different perspectives. 
and there might be conflict as a result. People disagree. And if you keep this conflict going around the issue, not the people, you can come to more creative solutions or deliberate to more thorough answers. But once you start attacking each other, that's when it becomes a problem. I mean, that is another thing, too, with the curiosity. There's so much divisiveness in our society right now. We're scared to ask questions to people because, oh, we might, you know, hit on a topic that I disagree with or adamantly. But how can we be curious and listen to somebody and and hear their perspective without judging it or maybe even understanding it to some extent, but not attacking them personally? I love it. I I love it because... I have this image in my head where we can spar with words because we either have made up our mind to not engage because we don't trust this person or we don't agree with the premise. Or even when someone's pitching us or employees are petitioning us for something or asking us about something, I think there's always this choice of, am I truly going to commit brain cycles to this thing right now? I kind of see this image where I can be completely checked out. I'm not going to change my mind. I don't believe in this, but it's important to you. So I guess I'll ask a few token questions and spar with you on the words a little bit. But I love what you said about, you know, reflecting, truly taking it in, in a way that people around you can trust that this is important to you. And then from that mindset, the questions or the demonstration of curiosity feels more productive and more uplifting. To me, it just all comes back to it really is a commitment. It's a partnership. It's a choice to be engaged. It's holding the other person in almost in higher esteem than yourself. And then from that place, the curiosity is genuine. And, you know, I'll end off with an example. Sometimes when I talk to CTOs, to join seven CTOs. Most of the time when we meet, I will feel like I have something to share. I have an experience and I want to bring you into that. So I'm curious about where are you from? What did you do? Blah, blah, blah. And and I would say that that curiosity is genuine. Conversational curiosity, I think, is a technique and I think it can be genuine. But sometimes I have a shift where as I'm talking to the person, I almost have this oh shit moment, like, wow, I'm talking to someone that has accomplished, in my mind, it's like the role shifts. And and I wish I was like this with everyone, but just, I look at them and I'm like, holy moly, I came into this conversation thinking that I was going to impart to you. But now I'm like, wait a minute, I can actually learn from this person. They have something to teach me. They have all this expertise or wisdom that I, and I feel my mind shift. And I almost want to say that that's the real curiosity is when you're able to shift to a, I have something to learn from you. You're everything. I want to learn from you. And I'm genuinely curious about, so what do you think about this? And so that to me, has been an interesting experience as I've evangelized seven CTOs. Yeah, I would say one of the reasons I went from engineering to psychology back when I changed careers many years ago was because I am curious about people and I do believe that you can learn something from everybody. And for some people, like I said, some people are more curious than others. Some people aren't as interested in learning from others at all times, in all contexts. That's okay. 
but that's something I love. So that's why I do this for a living. But when you're in these conversations, and that is a way that you can have that mindset, though, when you want to be curious, is realizing that everybody has something to convey or teach you that you don't know already. Thank you again for joining us here in the CTO studio. And thank you to our esteemed guest, Joni Connell, founder of Flexible Work Solutions and a dear friend to Etienne, as he has kind of explained. So we will see you again next week with another episode for you. Also, please go ahead and download this podcast, which is available in iTunes, and we will see you again next week.